Welcome to Fallout Off the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. And sponsored in part by Abraxo Cleaner from the Abraxadine Chemical Company. Perfect for those tough-to-get-out stains from the likes of food, drink, and blood. And now, on to our show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fallout Off the Record. I am your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight, as always, is Shaleen. Hey! So, yeah, we want to thank you all for coming out tonight to our new time at 7.01. We're still getting a little used to it, and we're a little frazzled because we're rushing at the last second to get it up and running. But anyway, tonight we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you head to Tweaked Audio for all your uh, earbuds and headphone needs and accessories, like let's just say your uh, left earbud isn't working anymore and your right one crackles whenever you move to you know whenever you're walking and you just find yourself needing a new set of earbuds that sound great and are at a good price and come in a multitude of colors and divide by zero and don't break the internet universe tweaked audio has your answer if you go to tweakedaudio.com and enter our code off the record at checkout you'll get 30 percent off from free shipping worldwide for your headphone needs that's tweakedaudio.com with our code off the record, all one word, at checkout for 30% off your new earbuds. Also, if you like books as much as I don't, uh, just kidding, sorry. I like books. I started reading. It's a wonderful thing now. I'm one of them readers. Anyway, if you go to, <laughs> I derailed myself. Um, if you're a fan of audiobooks, if you go to audibletrial.com slash Network and sign up for the free 30-day Audible trial, You'll get a free audiobook of your choosing. And Shaleen recommends Truman by David McCullough. Uh, interesting portrait of the former president and some cool nuclear history there, too. Also, this book is super long, so it's a very good value for your free audiobook, Shaleen says. Uh, if, you can also become. Well, yeah, a- you know, you want to get a, a long book, you know, if you get a free book. It's true. Because it's the long ones are a lot more expensive. So. Ah, okay. I didn't know you they. You get the long book for free and then, you know, pay for the, the cheaper books. I, I did not. I did not know that's how that went. But there you go. So head to audibletrial.com slash network for your free audio book when you sign up for the 30-day 30, 30 trial. You can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com slash network and signing up for uh, one of our reward systems that we have going on there. You can also make one-time donations to Quest Gaming Network by going to questgamingnetwork.com and using our PayPal link. Any donation helps and would earn you a shout-out on the show. So if you want to hear your name on the show, make a small donation to us. It keeps the lights on and the streams are streaming. You can also share us on your social media. Send us emails, um, tweet at us, tell your friends about us. Um, It really helps and we love when you guys do that we've been getting a lot of awesome messages lately of just uh, how much you guys are enjoying the show different suggestions and that sort of thing so thank you very much we really appreciate it tonight's episode is called do you have a geiger counter because we're bringing back fallout irl and uh, we also have some news some gameplay lore weapon of the week and in and two i think listener emails this week so let's go ahead and get started with some news What happened in the week of Fallout this week? Wow. It was a big news week this week. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How do you, do you think we can say weeks more? Weeks? Yeah, weeks. it was It was a, not a week week for, no, for news. No, it certainly wasn't week. week. There was I, lots of news. I can't think of anything else. We can we can get off the week sauce now. No, that, <laughs> that wasn't was, good. That was weak. Bro. That was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, okay, news. We're doing the news. Hmm? Bethesda announced via Twitter this week that they will be having a press conference at E3 this year. Ooh. This this will be their second uh, in a row. You know, the last year was their first one. Mm-hmm. They had previously stated that they didn't know whether or not they would repeat this event. It was just the right time to do it last year, and apparently it's it's right again. <laughs> the Bethesda E3 showcase will be on June the 12th at 7 p.m. Mark your calendars, people. The little illustration that they that they tweeted alongside that included characters from The Elder Scrolls, The Evil Within, Dishonored, Doom, and Fallout, of course, among others. So, do you think that's... Pretty neat. Go do ahead. You, do you suspect DLC teasing? Of course, I really do. I don't think that we. I don't know, do uh, people have any DLC by then? I don't think so. Uh, we're really losing you on the Skype call. No. I know we've been doing so good. We've been doing so good. That's terrible. I know. All right. Well, we'll continue. If it gets too bad, I'll take over. Okay. So let me just. Uh, Close Steam. I think you still have Steam open. Maybe that will help. All right. So, yeah, I, I don't think we'll have any DLC yet, and I think they will probably do some DLC teasing. And uh, who knows what else? We'll be watching with bated breath. <laughs> that we will. The next item came from Bethesda.net. Patch 1.3, the full official version, is available on Steam. And by the time that we're recording this, it should also be available on consoles as well. Really? Yes. I hadn't noticed. I was playing earlier this morning, but I hadn't noticed if I had the patch or not. I uh, I don't know. I'm going to miss that overpowered McCready perk, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm going to miss that perk. Because as of yesterday, I was still on beta. Really? Yeah. I was running the beta on, uh, on, well, on they, the PC. The article came out earlier this week, Tuesday maybe, mm-hmm. and they said that it was out on PC and that it would be available for consoles by the end of the week. Hmm. Okay. So, On a note with that, if you are on PC and you have not seen it on console, but if you're on PC and you do have the new patch, for me at least, the weapon debris was turned off by default. So you have to go into settings and display and then scroll down to the bottom. I think it's a little tick box. No, 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 no. I'm completely wrong. It's for On PC, it's on the splash screen under settings. And then you have to go to advanced settings. And there's a little tick box, I think, in that that uh, says weapon debris or something along those lines. And for me, it was off. Um, I don't know if it was because I didn't rerun the graphics card test. But I just mm-hmm. want to let you know that if you're not seeing it and you're wondering where all the debris is, it might be turned off. And just a note, those awesome debris effects are a PC exclusive, so console oh. folks cannot experience that. Mm. It's one of those NVIDIA effects. Yay, so. NVIDIA. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And I think that patch might actually be out because wasn't rotating items part of the patch? Yes. I've been doing that. Uh, oh, in my settlement okay. building. There with you the go. Triggers and stuff. So, assuming that that was, in fact, part of the patch, we're good. Sweet. So, our next item came from Kotaku. This is kind of our, our zany Kotaku story. This is really a throwback <laughs> episode. We've got Fallout IRL, Bethesda at E3, and a zany Kotaku news story. <laughs> <laughs> YouTuber Ison Jam used the Vault Tech Guy audio to prank call strangers. And it was it was just the best video. I love this video. He gets uh, somebody to answer the goat questions. 
It's so good. He's uh, He just plays the vault guy out. He's like, hey, you know, we'd like to talk about, you know, safety for the future. Wow. The people are like, I don't need a fallout shelter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I only need a few minutes of your time, sir. Wow. I have to look that up. It's a good video. You know, it's pretty short. Prank calling hasn't been a thing since like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that surprised that someone tried it again. Yeah. Well, it's still funny as it still happens. <laughs> Never lost its appeal. <laughs> <laughs> the next story I sourced at IGN. Mm. Bethesda will host a session discussing a session discussing the creation of Fallout 4's open world at GDC this year. Do you know what GDC is? Gosh darn convention? Exactly, that's right. Yes. It is the game developers convention. And it's more of a more of an industry event uh, for people working in development than uh, than most conferences, which tend to be public focused and press focused. Uh, this is really a, an event that happens for developers to meet and give out awards and learn from each other. And so Bethesda will be putting on that that session this year. It is titled Fallout 4's Modular Level Design. It will provide insight as to how the development team constructed the game's world with, and I quote, so many high-quality locations in a relatively short amount of time. <laughs> Senior designer Joel Burgess and lead art- artist Nathan Perkypile, that's a fantastic name, Perkypile, <laughs> they will discuss modular art kits and iterative level design. Iterative dis- level design, that just sounds like really good, doesn't it? Sounds good. I guess so. Like you drop that in a marketing meeting, you're hired, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. They'll also discuss how smaller teams can make use of these same tools when they're creating their own open worlds. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So that'll be pretty neat. I don't know if that'll be available online, but I would like to check it out. Yeah, yeah. So do you you remember a few months ago when we were talking about how you can get Fallout 3 for free when you purchase Fallout 4 for the Xbox One? Yes. Yes. Like a bundle thing or something, right? Right. That promotion came with an expiration date, and that expiration date is Monday, the 8th of, of February. Oh. If you're listening to this later on, you're probably too late. Yeah. But, Tisk. so yeah, if, you, if you're if you on the fence about buying Fallout 4 and getting free Fallout 3, you better act now. You've got three days from tonight being the 5th. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our next item was a recent one. This happened just shortly before we started recording. Bethesda's Todd Howard will receive the Lifetime Achievement Award at GDC. Nice. Yeah, I think that's well-deserved. Howard has been in the industry for 22 years, and his work on open worlds in the Elder Scrolls and Fallout series has been widely considered pioneering and visionary, and uh, I I think it's darn good work. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do too. I do too. That's not all he's done. In 1995, he worked on a game called Terminator Future Shock. And this game is significant because it was the first PC 3D shooter with mouse look. Whoa. That's kind of a big deal. First default. Because didn't didn't they mod Doom to look up and down? 
I don't know, Rick. Okay. I don't know. I read the press release, and that's what it said. <laughs> okay, we'll take it at that value. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to be the internet. And GDC will take place on March 16th. The award ceremony will be streamed on Twitch. If you would like to see Mr. Howard get his award. Okay, awesome. One final bit of news we uh-huh. have. This is really cool, we discovered guys. discovered this. Right before the show, mm-hmm. the Fallout franchise is currently on sale on Steam for Lunar New Year. So through Monday, I believe, the sale runs. And you can get a really good deal. Fallout 4 is 40 bucks, I believe, so that's 20 bucks off. And uh, you can get New Vegas for like $3. Yeah. And I, Fallout 3. I think they're both like 30 to 75% off or something that I saw. Because mm-hmm. I think, well, Fallout 4 is probably the one that's 30% off. Uh, but yeah, get up on those and check out that DLC. You know, I gotta be honest, I actually haven't finished all of the DLC for Fallout 3. Isn't that pathetic? Pardon? I haven't finished all the Fallout 3 DLC. What? Yeah, I know. It's pretty bad. It's what pretty haven't bad. you finished? Um, The Operation Anchorage? No, which is the one that takes place after the main game. See, this... Alright. This leads me into another thought. Uh, that I often get, like, corrected lovingly, but corrected still, for not remembering names or places or whatever. And people tend to forget my role in this podcast. I am kind of the night meathead thing, and Shalene is the scribe. So, like, without her with correcting me, I'm going to get everything wrong. So just expect that to come. And Broken I Steel. You mean Broken Steel? <laughs> broken Steel. That's the one I meant. See, I got it wrong. I know which one I'm talking about. It's the one at the end with the Brotherhood thing and the Liberty Prime goes kapoof. That one. So Broken Spoilers. Steel. Oh, come on now. It's Fallout <laughs> 3. Don't be the internet, Shaleen. Don't be yeah. the internet. Um, but anyway, we actually going with the throwback theme here. We have a post-National Enquirer kind of article. And... um. Jillian was scoping this out all day today and all week, and she just spent many grueling hours digging into this, um, that there might be a possible ES6 clue found in Fallout 4 with an Android name. The Android name is A-2018-2018. Um, there's been a lot of speculation on the internet as to what that might mean because the naming convention is completely different from any other synth in the game. So, like, you know, what's the A stand for? Is 2018 significant as far as a year concerned? A lot of us don't think Elder Scrolls 6 is going to come out till like, 2019. But it's something that we found interesting, and I know that Bethesda likes to be all Easter eggy. Although, have they ever hint-dropped any, you know, upcoming releases in any of their games? Do you know, Shaleen? I think they did. I think there was a Skyrim clue in, in something, wasn't there? I d- that, that's why I, I asked you, I because remember. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway. I think they've done it before. Okay. I think they've done the teases. Um, but yeah, so his helmet looks pretty cool. That was noted. And this was sourced from Neurogadget.com. But anyway, if it's something you want to look into, you can check it out. Also, be warned, there's some spoilery possibilities if you look up that Android and anything to do with him. But it's just something interesting we found, because naming conventions are usually like X418 or 3 digits and then dash three digits so it's like one of those things that just doesn't make much sense um that didn't work out so well um it's one of those things that doesn't make much sense as far as like 
the naming conventions go. So it's something to think about. Anyway, that's our news for this week. Anything else you want to add on top of that, Chalene? Anything that I missed, Miss Scribe? I think we're done with the news. Rad. So that's going to lead us into the gameplay for the week. I actually had some really compelling gameplay this week, and I was thoroughly pleased. It started out not so woohoo, doing some radiant quests, but I'll get into it. So I started palling around with Paladin Dance. I'm surprised, surprised to a lot of you listeners out there, as much as I hate dropped on him, but I really do like Paladin Dance. When I use him as a companion, my playstyle tends to be a little bit more tactical, uh, if that makes sense. Like, I tend to be a little bit more uh, aim down sights as I move around rather than just, like, run full bore into a situation. Well, anyway, I started noticing. I started noticing. Uh, that I was running out of ammo with my guns, which is quite impressive in this game, for my first playthrough at least. What happened in my first playthrough, if you remember, I was a sniper. Um, in my second playthrough, I'm going a little bit more rifleman, art, you know, automatic weapons. So I'm just burning through ammo. I I had like 700 rounds of my uh, laser rifle, my UP 77 righteous. Nah, crap. See, I don't know the name of the thing. Limitless potential. That's it. Um, and I just burned through that ammo even though it was a semi-automatic. So I was going through my ammo, and I looked at my 10 millimeter round inventory, and I had 2,000 plus rounds for that 10 millimeter. So I was like, all right, I'll just grab a 10 millimeter fully auto pistol and just run around with that thing. So I took that, fully upgraded my X01 power armor, except for one of the, except for the chest piece, is still at Mark IV. So I started running around with just that automatic pistol and did a few radiant quests, um... And uh, I basically ran out of 10 millimeter auto ammo. And it got to the point where my uh, leg was damaged. So I took my X01 back to my sanctuary base and, you know, repaired it and decided to walk around without power armor on for a little while and, and was looking through my inventory again. And I saw that I had uh, 7,000 plus rounds of 38 caliber <laughs> ammo. So it's like, huh, I guess I'll use this now. And I took a uh, pipe submachine gun and fully upgraded it as like much damage as possible like the extended clip and you know the the powerful receiver as long as it was automatic and so i've been using i've been using that right just this like pea shooter of a gun i mean it does 33 damage with the uh um i can't think of the perk sorry guys but it's the one that affects your automatic weapon skill like it does double damage and then it causes stagger um, that for your commando. Yes, yes, that's it, commando. Um, so I have that fully upgraded. So it does 33 damage. That's not too bad, especially when you have 7,000 rounds. Um, so at this point, I decided to go to the combat zone, right? And I know that I have a reputation for being somewhat cruel in this game, although I try not to be cruel with my main characters. Sorry, I need to, I need a drink. I try not to be too cruel with my main playthroughs. I usually just play goofily and evilly when I'm doing some sort of let's play that, you know, is for you guys. Um, but when I walked in, and you guys can let me know if this is like a bad thing to do, but I walked into the combat zone and there's two raiders that are handcuffed and put in jail, right? I may have walked up, like unlocked the door and I took my 44 mag out and just kind of executed them. 
I don't know if that's a bad thing to do, but it was kind of fun. And then I just decided to murder, kill everyone in the uh, combat zone. So I took everyone out there um, pretty easily. It wasn't too hard. It, at this point in the game with, with everyone, like if I'm just facing raiders or lower raiders with that auto automatic rifle, uh, it just, even though it's a pipe rifle, it just eats through them. Um, so <laughs> after that, is when I decided to turn on my weapon debris. That's when I found the option. I didn't have, and this is a little bit technical on the side of things, I didn't have any apparent FPS drop. So I guess they got the coding right. However, before I turned it on, like the day before um, I turned this weapons debris on, I was running towards the uh, Wilson Toy Factory. Um, and a vertebrate came in the same time I was running in with Paladin Dance, and at the same time, super mutants were shooting at the vertebrate, and the vertebrate was landing, and knights were getting out, and it was shooting everything. And I had like it just dropped down to five FPS. <laughs> it was like this ridiculous. So you're watching lag. a slideshow. Yeah, and I've never ever ever seen that before, and I've been in much more busy situations. And then it clicked out of it, and it never happened again. So I don't know if it was like a little bit of a glitch. Um, I do know that the engine is CPU intensive for this game, and my CPU is a little rusty. So that might have had something to do with it. But as far as the weapon debris goes, I love, love, love the extra power it gives to your gun. Not literally, but just in the feel of the game. When you're firing at a wall and wood debris is just flying everywhere. Um, it, it just it just feels so good. So <clears throat> I decided to take a walk down to, because Preston Gravy, surprise, surprise, Garvey. <laughs> Gravy. I'm still thinking of that mem that was posted on our Twitter, <laughs> Preston Gravy. Um, so <laughs> that was pretty great, though. It was pretty good. Uh, it was groovy. Um, so I went down Preston to groovy. Preston Gravy. Oh man, somebody make that mod. Hey baby, this a settlement needs your help. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, don't be a square. Go help him, kind of thing. That'd be great. And he's got like this Bootsy Collins look to him. Um, so he gave me this quest to go clear Murkwater construction site. And if you're not familiar, there is a big old boss down there, a Myrlert Queen. And I kind of forgot that when I was on my way there. And all I have is this 38 caliber rifle. And uh, if you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> I posted this really funny conversation that happened just like you saw it on Twitter. I was so good. <laughs> I vatched into see the Marlar Queen. And then I like was like, I wonder what would happen if I talked to, to Dance right now. So I talked to him and asked, like, hey, what are your thoughts? And he goes, I, I forget what he said exactly, but he's like... I think you should stay on point. Yeah, your he's like, instincts are right yeah, on target. Yeah, you should stay on point. Your instincts are right on target. And when it came back to my character with the cinematic thing, he just had this like squinty-eyed like... Hmm, look to it. Just go to my Twitter, at Rick McVick on Twitter, and you'll see it there in my media. It's just like four images of like this ridiculous, like him just saying, yeah, go on ahead. Go ahead. You got this guy. <laughs> like, fine. That was superb. It was amazing. So I ended up clearing out Murkwater construction site, taking out the Myler Queen and that sort of thing. And um, I went north to go to Suffolk County Charter School. And that is the home of the pink goo. If you have seen that around, if you haven't been there yet, it's this like pink goose substance that has like this kind of cool backstory. If you're if you check out the hollow tapes and the in the terminals in there. But here's an interesting thing. I decided to shoot it for the first time ever, and it bleeds, as in blood flies out of it. So I don't know mm -hmm. if it's like soylent pink or what it is, but 
it is definitely discon- dis- disconcerting. Disconcerting. Yeah, if we hadn't already given the show a title, we should have called it Soylent Pink. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so it's it's like it's ridiculous. It definitely bleeds when you shoot it. Blech. But like I said, when I'm with Paladin Dance, I clear things. I mean, I I'm op- I operate a little bit more tactically. So I cleared this building, the school out, pretty tactically. Like starting with the left, sweeping around all the way till I cleared out the first floor, and then moved to the second. And by that, I only got damaged by feral ghouls twice. And one of them was the uh, kind of quote unquote end boss at the uh, in the one room up there. So I was I felt that I did a good job with it. So after we cleared that out, and I picked whatever debris, and after he chastised me for picking up umpteen amounts of wonder glue, um, we go out to the front of the school, and I tell Paladin Dance to stay on the left side of the door, and I stand on the right side of the door, and I crouch, and he crouches, and I pop a vertebrate smoke, and in comes the evac chopper to take me to sanctuary to unload all of my wonder glue, and it just felt real epic, like this, like you know, quasi platoon thing, except nobody was getting shot at. But anyway. So I board the vertebird and the sun is going down and the moon is coming up and um and it has this very like cool ambience to it you know and I'm flying off into the I guess it wouldn't be the sunset but cuz I'm going north but I'm flying north and the sun is setting and I am over Oberland station and uh the the uh the brewery there for the the Beantown brewery I'm flying over that and all of a sudden I see all this fire and I was like, what the frick? Like, I know there's a lot of fire in the game. Like, no two things are not on fire in this game. And, and But this is a lot of it. And as I'm flying over it, I start to notice there's, like, a big debris field and, like, this, like, huge bit of scorched earth. And I, you know, as we keep going on, I see this big, massive flaming object. And I go, oh, it's the flying saucer! Finally! Finally! Um, so I make an emergency landing at Beantown Brewery. And, uh... You know, the vertebrate comes in, it lands, and I get out, and Dance gets out, and we head complete, you know, we head south and cross a little chasm there that's right south of Beantown, and there it is up on top of this little plateau area that crashed spaceship. And I don't think it happens there all the time, at least that's where it happened for me. I think that is where it happens all the time. Oh, really? Beantown Brewery. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so, because I know before it was always a random event, as we know with Fallout 3 and me and Dogmeat. So uh, I find the uh, find the saucer. I'm looking around, and I can't find the little alien or the blaster gun. And I was so wishing I had dog meat. And uh, and then I found the trail of blood, found the dude, killed him, and then got the alien blaster. So I am super happy that that happened. So I'm standing in front of the cave where we find all the gear, and Paladin dances again, crouched on one side of the door, and I'm crouched on the other side. And I call in another vertebrate, and I'm like, all right, let's do this again. Tactical evac to sanctuary. Got this. So I pop smoke, and all of a sudden I hear all this bap, 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 all this shooting. And I'm like, what the frick is going on? And all of a sudden on my little uh, my little message board, it pops up, help defend Overland Station. <laughs> like That's like literally right there. So I run over with Paladin Dance, and super mutants are attacking Overland Farm. And I shoot them and take them out and clear it out and, the, you know, end the battle there and get paid for protecting my own land. Um, and then, uh, by this time the vertebrate has landed and, uh, <clears throat> me and dance walk over, get on the vertebrate and we're taken off, tell him to go to sanctuary and we're heading home. And then all of a sudden I see a tick mark, <laughs> go defend the slog. And I'm like, 
<laughs> oh yeah. So divert route, head over to the slog, land under fire from a lieutenant gutsy. This is the most epic gameplay we've ever had. I've never yeah, this just like yeah, so land under fire with Mr. Gutsy, uh, Lieutenant Gutsy, not a Mr. Gutsy, a Lieutenant. Um and uh die you commies kind of thing and we shoot and we kill him and then I take out two super mutants. But it doesn't come up with a little thing of like you saved us kind of thing and uh I just wonder what was going on. And if you've been to the slog, it's kind of like this pool resort thing where they grow tarberry, I believe. So I'm on the let's see here, the eastern side of it where there's some like platforms um and uh you know, the main building to this pool place is to my, it's behind me, I guess, because I'm looking towards the east. And all of a sudden I hear a feral ghoul growl, you know, that thing or whatever they do. So I flip around <laughs> and there are like 10 feral ghouls that just rip through my heavy turrets in, in a second. And then they all turn and look at me and Paladin dance and they run straight for me and Paladin dance. And I happen to notice that they're all gangrenous feral ghouls. And yeah. all I have is a 38 caliber submachine gun. So, you know, I start fighting them. And as I run kind of back towards the pool area, you have to know the location to understand this, but I run back towards the pool area and there's a lot of high weeds, okay? So I mowed down a few as they came towards me and I didn't really have anything to throw at them as far as like grenades go. So I dropped a, I dropped a uh, fragmentation mine that took out one, I think, um, or at least hurt another. And uh, so I'm running backwards as I'm shooting, and all of a sudden I find myself <laughs> in the tall weeds that are like above your head. You know what I'm talking about, Chalene? The, the really tall. Yeah. Yeah. And me and Paladin Dance are like in this weed patch, and so are all the feral ghouls. And you can't see the feral ghouls, but you can see laser blasts fly through every once in a while from Paladin Dance fighting. And you just hear the feral ghouls and every once in a while one dodges at you and like flies in front of your screen or hits you and then you turn around to see him and he's laying in the weeds somewhere. So I'm using a combination of like blind fire and vats to kind of figure out where they are. And it's just this like really scary firefight in this like patch of weeds. So I finish them all off, get paid money because that's what I do. And um, call in the vertebrate and the vertebrate is coming down and landing <laughs> And to my right, from the factory down the way, just a lone forged is running up the street yelling and firing at me because I don't know what triggered him. I guess the vertebrate did. So I fired a few shot, like two shots, dropped him, get on the vertebrate and fly back to sanctuary <laughs> and unload everything. Now, this is where – now all this to say, I've been getting a little bored with Fallout 4 and – you know, I played on Thursday or Wednesday night and it was just kind of radiant questy. It wasn't really fun. And then this happened last night, Thursday night, all of this stuff. And it just brought back the, the thought of like, man, anything can happen in this game. I'm doing something and then crap, it's the fan and I've got to divert my attention to do this other side quest or whatever, or just flying around in the vertebrate and there's, you know, something happening on the ground where I can land. And, you know, be a part of it. And it made the game feel alive again. So, when I got back to Sanctuary, this is where the game went from epic Fallout to just typical Fallout. Now, I have a four-story house built with a the top floor is a power armor hanger. And I have a runway sticking out of the house. 
And it's just like two floor pieces long. And it's just enough for me to like run out and jetpack away five feet because jetpacks don't really do much in the game. You know, jetpack five feet and land kind of thing. Just like a fun little eh, thing. But what I did was I put the fast travel floor mat on that little runway. And apparently where your where your fast travel like tick mark is for locations, that's where the vertebrate tends to land. So the vertebrate is flying into sanctuary and goes, there's a good place to land. And lands me on top of a house. Just <laughs> like a random house roof. And then flies away. And I'm like kind of like... In the middle of, like, getting picked up by the vertebrate as it's taking off and, like, falling down into the house. But it wants to, like, clip me through the roof. But it yet wants to keep me on the roof. And I had a hard time figuring out where to place my character. So I have to move that little floor mat. But it was just kind of like, oh, Fallout, uh, how I love thee. <laughs> you know? So that was that was the whole thing. Um, but that was my gameplay. And I had another thought on top of this that I would really like to see. So, Bethesda, if you're listening and... <laughs> We know you do. Um, I was really thinking about the vertebrate, and I don't know, Shaleen, if you use the vertebrate too much. Um, I don't think I've ever used the vertebrate. I don't think I've ever used the vertebrate. Okay, so <laughs> just when it's scripted. <laughs> so I turned off my cursor for the game, right? I I don't have that up, so the cursor aiming sight for the vertebrate minigun is gone because it uses the little green dot. Um. So that's gone, so it makes it a little bit more realistic. But the thing that I noticed, the only option that you really have in the vertebrate is once you get in it, like you can tell your companion to go run to it and board it before you do. Excuse me, guys. I have the hiccups. Um, but once you get on it, your only option is to hit E to land. Okay? And I would use the vertebrate to fast travel. Like, the vertebrate is an excellent option for people who don't want to break immersion in fast travel. It's mm-hmm. an excellent option. Um, because it, it just gets you to places very quickly in the game. Um, and it's a lot of fun to shoot from. It's a lot of fun to take. It just feels really cool. But here's the thing. I want a few more options when I'm in the vertebrate, like hover when I'm, or, or some sort of targeting system to like see the guys on the ground. Cause you can't see the muzzle flashes, but you can hear them firing at you and hitting your bird. So it'd be really cool to hit like a button to hover. So it just stops and you can shoot. You know what I mean? Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. Another thing that'd be really cool is if there was a button to like circle the area, like you hit the button and the vertebrate just kind of circles around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that would be really fun. Another button would be great is if you could change altitude. Like if there were like three levels of altitude, like all the way up in the air, middle, and then low to the ground. Um, I don't know if any of that's even possible, but it'd be really cool to like have some more interactivity with the vertebrate. Just because I think a lot of people who don't want to fast travel or a lot of people that want to have this little bit of different play style um, would really enjoy that. I know I would because I would use the vertebrate. Uh, no, I don't want to actually – in the chat someone said I just want to be able to fly it. I, I don't really want to fly it. I much would rather be a door gunner um, because flying in, in, in games, especially with a mouse and keyboard, can get a little tacky. Uh, as in like I want to pull up and then I hit the wrong button and I – on the ground. But um, – so, yeah, it would be really cool to have a little bit more flex in the vertebrate, I think. But that was my gameplay for the week. It was super fun and crazy, and I look forward to seeing what else happens with Paladin Dance as we traipse through the wasteland using that thirty-eight caliber rifle. <laughs> so what uh, would you do in this week? How am I supposed to follow that epic story? <laughs> hey, I've had to follow your naked druggy adventures. <laughs> so 
Have at it. Okay. Well, you guys can just prepare yourselves for disappointment because <laughs> my gameplay was not nearly as exciting as Rick's. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to spend some time visiting the locations on my map that I had not really explored. Um, I usually, when I play a Bethesda game, I like to explore everywhere, clear everything, do everything. And put off the main quest until the last possible minute, you know. And, and mm-hmm. I felt a little rushed because uh, I went ahead and, and went through the main quest quest faster because, you know, you guys deserved to uh, to have a podcast host that had finished the game. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought now, you know, it's time. I've finished the game. I can relax and I can go and explore some of these locations. And now that I'm taking my time a little bit more... I was really impressed by the environmental storytelling in Fallout 4. Mm. Um, I'm seeing these stories everywhere, and I really wasn't experiencing that before. I found another one of those radio towers, um, not in the glowing sea, just uh, out in the world, and was tracking down radio signals for that. And they had these very sneakily hidden um, trap doors where you can go in and find the, the location. Mm-hmm. It was really neat seeing their stories and uh, and hearing their last words on these radios. And I enjoyed that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I found a cool place, Rick. Did you? I found Easy City Downs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. I, uh, I'm walking up. I'm just, you know, derping along towards this location that I had unlocked on the map but had not visited yet. Uh-huh. And I hear this radio commentator and, like, old-timey radio guy voice, like, and, the, you know, this one's taking the lead. <laughs> you started out with me in such high hopes. And then you're like, you just drop the whole bit. That's fine. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's just, I, I froze on it. But Be more prepared. Anyways, the guy's commentating a race, and I was so excited. I was like, this is so cool. I want to see the race. So I go over there, you know, walk into the race, and uh, I'm like, I want to see the race. And I walk in, and everybody's like, who's that guy? (laughs) And they all turn and start shooting me. So I'm shooting these guys. I fight off a whole bunch of raiders. The whole place is populated with raiders. And I had Codsworth with me. I've been hanging out with Codsworth oh, this week. Huh. And he was so horrified when he saw <laughs> the uh, – spo- okay, spoilers for Easy City Downs. You have two seconds to get off. Okay. Um, spo- um, it was robots that they had programmed to run around this racetrack. And Codsworth is like, <gasps> General <laughs> How dare you? Finest. <laughs> Programmed to be mere racehorses. <laughs> and he's like, Mom, please shut this down. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Codsworth, we'll shut it down. So we kill everybody there and find a computer and shut down the robots. And I just thought it was so funny. But like the combat zone, I feel like this place was really a missed opportunity. I would like to be able to participate in these locations. Mm-hmm. If you're an evil character or even if you're just, you know, smooth, you have a high speech option and you can convince them that you should be allowed to stay. I would like to bet on a race, spectate a race, you know, enter Codsworth in a race. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You'd have to be evil. 
Yeah, I just I think you, that should be an option. Like we wanted to, we've talked about this before, how we'd like to be able to role play a raider mm-hmm. and be accepted at combat zone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this was another place that was just a missed opportunity. And I would love to see them patch that in someday, you know, add the ability to, to join a fifth um, faction as it were mm-hmm. and be a raider. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found a note in there about paying tribute to the guys at Libertalia. I believe that's the, the flotilla yeah. of, of raiders. And, uh, I think it's so interesting to see the interaction between the different groups of raiders and they were just so sore about having to pay this guy tribute and other places <laughs> you can find them talking trash about each other. Mm-hmm. I that. Have you ever noticed that like when you take out one group, they like, you can find notes that say like somebody took out such and such's group. Yeah. Have you ever seen that well, yet? Like, good. I never liked that guy anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I visited the Irish Pride shipyard. Have you been there? Oh, no, I haven't been to the Irish Pride. It's a pretty neat Sorry. place. Gosh. It's... Yeah, you just, it's okay. That's okay. Um, they have a bunch of mini nukes in there. I found a, like four mini nukes in one box. <laughs> and I thought, why are they doing with all these mini nukes in here? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, What's no. funny? What are you laughing at? Just, just. The whole, never mind. I thought this was, I, I don't know. I just feel like, like Irish pride, they're smuggling nukes. Just sounds like some sort of like oh, street yeah. faction kind of like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Some I, sort I of see like, some sort of like Irish mafia street faction thing. Well, they had a bunch of mini nukes in there and I thought that was weird. <laughs> well, and, uh, <laughs> The Irish Pride Shipyard is a pretty cool location, and it has this whole story about this guy named Rory Rigwell. Hmm. And Rory, he was, he likes Smilerks, and he was, I guess, trying to tame them, to to domesticate them. Hmm. He had this recording playing to try and kind of soothe the Smilerks, and he was like, only meanies eat meat. (laughs) Remember. (laughs) Aww. When Rory yells at you, it's because he loves you. Aww. And at first I thought that this was a story about child labor because I find this locker room full of toys and all these children's things. And mm-hmm. I think, like, is he, like, abusing these children that were working at the shipyard? Like, what's going on here? And then I go downstairs and find all the Meyer lurks. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's about Meyerlurks. But I was wondering if perhaps there was a pre-war child labor story in this location, you know, because it, it seemed weird. All the all the child associated things that were in there. Did uh did you ever find Rory? I did find Rory. Ah. Um and in the words of Codsworth, looks like the hand that feeds <laughs> has become the prey. Uh. Yeah. So I, I did find Rory and his uh, time in this world had passed and uh, doctor just I, left I took his things. I took his things and I left and I killed all his, his murkies as he <laughs> called them. So I, I've been hanging out with Codsworth, I've said, and he just, I, I've mentioned before that Codsworth has not been my favorite. I, I was, I found him judgmental 
And I, I just didn't like him as much as I wanted to. But he totally redeemed himself this week, Rick. And let so. me tell you why. It was one single moment that turned it all around for me. We're walking through this forest, and this Yao Guai comes running at us, right? Yeah. And it's still a distance away. I'm getting out my gun. And Codsworth says, I can hardly bear the anticipation. <laughs> ah. And with a single pun, I, I was I was just in love with Codsworth again. <laughs> He does. He uh. blocks doors like Lydia from Skyrim. <laughs> He's the it's Lydia. So bad. Lydia update. So bad. He's always in the way. And I wonder. I was in another location. I don't remember what it was, but it was full of water. Uh, <laughs> and how does he swim without his little flame going out? Hmm. I don't. Isn't there like flame? You can. I've seen like underwater welding. Maybe it's that yeah. same. Uh, maybe it's that same uh, concept. I don't know. Um, but I was. It was a, uh, it was like a public works department that I was in, and I was going downward and activating pump stations. Oh and I jumped yeah, yeah, yeah. And Codsworth is like, "Oh, you don't expect me to follow you there?" And then he's like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> and he jumps <laughs> in the water, and his little his little limbs, his appendages are just underwater. He's just swimming along, and it was so funny. I thought, "How is this even working?" He decided that he I, – I got my my perk from Codsworth. He decided that he idolized me in the middle of a gore-spattered room <laughs> during a super mutant fight. <laughs> and nice. I, I really came around to Codsworth. He's a charming fellow, and I get the sense that he really does see me as family, huh. his only family, and that he's looking out for my interests. So that was funny. And I wanted to talk about drug use and peer pressure. <laughs> oh, boy. You know that I, I enjoy a bit of recreational chem use in the Fallout 4. I think that's an understatement, but yeah. And uh, I've experienced, like, reverse peer pressure because most of the companions don't approve of drug use. <laughs> <laughs> and so depending on who I'm with, I'll find myself using a different play style. So Codsworth... <laughs> He disapproved if I popped a medic, so I wow. found myself finding alternative um, food items and stuff to give me damage resistance. Huh. And I, I took him back to the Red Rocket after I had the uh, the perk and swapped him for Curie because I'm trying to get all, all my companion perks. Mm -hmm. And it was so cute because uh, I haven't really taken Curie out much, but it was so cute because... It shows them interacting with each other, and Codsworth is like, ah, Miss Curie, never was there a more suitable replacement. And Curie's like, oh, Mr. Codsworth. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute seeing the two little robots talking to each other like that. And uh, I'm now I'm trying to go for my benevolent leader achievement. And I need to get the local leader perk to get that, I think. So I'm trying to level up. I've been doing some radiant questing. And that's my gameplay for the week. Awesome. I wanted to say on a side note about Kiri, I already have her uh, um, perk, so I switched her out for dance. But it's this weird thing now when I, uh, like, hey, Kiri, do you have a moment? And then I hit thoughts and, you know, what are you thinking or whatever? And she says something and then I'll hit 
what do you think of our relationship? And the screen flicks back to her, and she just stands there like this. And then it pops <laughs> up with all the options again. Light. <laughs> no, and then it pops up with all the options again. Like, she will oh, not talk about our funny. relationship status. But the funny thing is, like, we, we, uh, like, we were friends. Like, I didn't do anything that she would dislike. She just, like, there's something in the game. Whenever I try to trigger the relationship talk, she just stands there and says nothing. <laughs> so, here's something else. When you're speaking of relationship talk, uh, it's really funny some of the dialogue that they've written in for the characters. So, mm-hmm. I have romanced Paladin Dance in my game. And uh, when you sleep, you know, you get the, the lover's embrace perk. Right. And uh, Paladin Dance has little one-liners that he throws at you when you oh, sleep. Oh, no. And it's so funny because, like, I'll <laughs> sleep and he'll be like, Ad Victorium. Oh, no. <laughs> or I'm more tired now than when we went to bed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. <laughs> It's so funny, and he'll use his his Buzz Lightyear voice that he's like, <laughs> to infinity and beyond. <laughs> hey, wait <laughs> a minute! That was when he's like, "Ad Victoria." <laughs> <laughs> wow, I never knew that. Yeah, um, it's really funny. Yeah, so, so that's it. That was a long, awkward pause. Yeah. in the podcast there. <laughs> Should we talk about our gameplay challenge, Rick? <laughs> yes. I just... <laughs> yeah, we should. We have a couple of screenshots for you guys uh, coming up for this local leader. And here's one of them. I don't know where we're starting. There we go. So what's this one? Okay, that one is... Uh, okay, did we explain what the challenge was? Oh, let's explain what the challenge So last week, we uh, said the challenge was Scrooge McDuck. Um, and we <laughs> we'll explain why maybe this wasn't the most thought-out challenge we've ever done. But basically, it was make a pool and put a bunch of money in it and send us a screenshot of that like Scrooge McDuck would dive into his pile of coins without somehow getting hurt. So um, these are some of our screenshots, and we'll point out in one screenshot why this wasn't the most well-thought-out challenge. So who do we have here? This one is Denise. She sent us a nice collage of her money pool party that she threw. <laughs> like, and everybody's in some different outfits. There's Mama Murphy sitting there. Yeah. And, I, I like yeah. how she's crouched in the pool of money. It's <laughs> pretty cute. Still wearing her summer shorts from last week's Glowing Sea Challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's see. And then we have... <clears throat> and then we have... <clears throat> dum, da, dum, dum. Work. Come on, little slideshow. There we go. Okay, that one is Vendertrons. Wow, I haven't seen this one yet. He's got a circular pool with a basketball goal. Nice on it. So that's pretty neat. Oh, I know where this is at. Okay, this is on the. Uh, this is. <laughs> this is on the fort. Um, the castle. The yeah, castle. this is where you put the uh, like the, the artillery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I love the gas pump. <laughs> price sign with the painting on it <laughs> i liked that as well <laughs> and he's got the bar there man he's just got a whole nice setup there um all right next up what what's this not working no no this that is the next one, one okay that one is strange dudes and you can see he has a very large pool with like three bundles of, <laughs> of pre-war money in it he's said in the tweet that he spent his pre-war money on one of the three zero figures <laughs> okay well there <laughs> that's a big pool to try to fill mm-hmm. there's another one 
Okay, that one is... I'm sorry, I have to scroll through all of these. That's fine. That is Grumpy Gaz. He has filled a bathtub with pre-war money, gold bars, silver watches, and he has some lovely potted plants next to it. (laughs) Every once in a while, we swim and you tunk. Ah, gold bar. Then we have... Whoa! There's a pool. I've got a a delay here. I'm not seeing it yet. Just wait a second, then. So... It's the mm-hmm. it's the top down with the potted plants in the pool. Oh, okay, the yeah, pool. that one was nice. That yeah. was Rob Ridley's. Um, he actually sent us a few screenshots. I sh- chose this one because it shows the magnitude of pre-war money that, that a, we're dealing with here. That's a ton of money. <laughs> he built a lovely little pool area with some patio furniture, and some <laughs> nice lamps. It's very nice. That's a really very cool nice. looking. That's a really cool looking one. It's a cool build. Yeah. All right, we're moving on to the one that has Nick standing in front of it. Okay, scrolling, scrolling. Terranator, that is his, and uh, he is the one that actually, um, that you were talking about earlier, that he decided not to finish the challenge, because when you have a lot of pre-war money in your inventory... (laughs) You have to scroll through all of it to drop a single bundle. And if you drop it all at once, it drops as a single bundle. (laughs) So, yeah, that's why this challenge wasn't really thought out because, yeah. Yeah. If if you're playing without console commands, (laughs) this could take some serious time. (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, that one is Chromeisty. He's got a little smiley face. He wished he had some more pre-war money. (laughs) That had to take some time to make a little smiley face out of the money. (laughs) It did. (laughs) The next one with the lines. I like this one. I do too. This one's for Brandon. Like the bathrobe. Yeah, where did he even get that bathrobe? I don't recall seeing that. You can buy one eventually from Tinker Tom, and it's actually an armored bathrobe. Are you kidding? No. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, he's got this cool pool with lion statues in his bathrobe. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, there's another one. Whoa. That one's mine. Oh. I did an interpretive dance of the challenge because... <laughs> I had like 2,500 pre-war monies saved up and I was not going to scroll through all of those pre-war monies. (laughs) So I filled a bathtub with all the gold I had and uh, I post Codsworth next to it like like he had gotten the bath ready for me. (laughs) This is on the same trash veranda where I did my pie shrine. You can see my power armor. (laughs) I I do see you have all your power lined up. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully with the fusion cores removed. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. And that is that is that for the challenge. So thank you guys so much for participating in that challenge. Uh, we have a we have a new challenge um, coming up for you guys. And yeah, we're so, next time we do like a collection challenge like that. We'll try to make sure we think about that uh, stacking mechanic. The next challenge, though, that we have is a little different than what we uh, what we've been doing. Um it, we're calling this one Naked and Afraid, okay? So we've done a few things like this before, but the, the first time we want to try this in, in um, Fallout 4. So we, what, we, what we want you to do, and I promise I will participate for this one. I promise. I haven't been very diligent with these. I'm sorry, but I will do this one. Um, set the difficulty to survival. Start a new game in Fallout 4. 
set the difficulty to survival, and then as soon as as soon as you get out of as soon as you get out of the vault, strip naked. You can't fight. You just have to run and hide and see how long you can survive. So naked and afraid. So are we doing one one health bar, no heals with this? Or Mm. How about this? You can only uh forage like plants to heal. Okay, so you have to be a vegetarian. Yeah. Because like, you can't kill an animal because you can't fight. Right. What if you find a dead animal? Yeah, you forage. But like okay. drugs and stuff. So packs. only food you can forage. Yeah. No no stim packs. Well Yeah, we'll say that. Just like food you can forge. Is that alright? Yeah. Okay. I'm interested to to hear this. So it would be stories. kinda funny. But like no fighting, run and hide. See how long you guys can survive, because this just sounds fun. Because the game is frankly very difficult when it's on survival in the very beginning. It is very, very hard, especially when you use stim packs, because it doesn't. It takes forever to freaking heal. So yeah, that's our gameplay challenge. And as always, use the hashtag FOTR challenge. There we go. Hashtag FOTR challenge when you send us a screenshot of. I don't know, whatever you pick from this Naked and Afraid thing. So, yeah, guys. Awesome. That'll be our next week's challenge. So, we have some Fallout IRL for you guys. And, Shaleen, what is what is it this week? Well, this is Geiger Counters. And uh, I actually put this together, like, for episode six or something. <laughs> so, well, this it's as new to me as it is to you <laughs> today. In earlier episodes, we learned a bit about nuclear fallout and how to survive a nuclear blast. But how do you know if you're being irradiated? <laughs> we can rely on the Pip-Boy mainstay, the Geiger counter. What is a Geiger counter? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in the chat room just caught our challenge, Yao Guai Grills, which I think is such a better name. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about Geiger counters. What is a Geiger counter? The Geiger-Muller counter measures ionizing radiation and is used in radiation dosimetry, radiological protection, experimental physics, and nuclear industry. This handheld device detects alpha particles, beta particles, and gamma rays using the ionization effect produced in a Geiger-Muller tube. You can buy one for about 100 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> The principle behind the Geiger counter was discovered in 1908 by Hans Geiger, working under the supervision of Ernest Rutherford at the University of Manchester. It wasn't until 1928 that Geiger, along with his student, Walter Mueller, made the device usable. There are two types of radiation readout, counts or radiation dotes. Your Fallout Pip-Boy provides a dose readout. Just like your Pip-Boy, a Geiger counter provides a clicking sound that gives you feedback so that you know how much radiation is being produced while focusing on operating the device. The Geiger counter has two main limitations. It cannot tell the difference between radiation types, and it cannot measure very high radiation. But I suppose, you know, if you've, if you've got more radiation than your Geiger counter can measure, you're kind of already in a bad situation. Yeah, uh, real quick, somebody in the chat room is asking for more clarification on the challenge about water. Water from water sources, not bottled. 
So we, we can just pretend that like all the drugs and stimpaks don't exist and it'll be like, you know, from like fire hydrants or water. What about rads? Can you do rad away or? No. No rad? No. <laughs> wow. Just don't get, just don't get rads or find some way to get rid of them. I don't know. That's going to be rough. Like a doctor maybe? Yeah. yeah I don't, well, maybe yeah, I don't know. Just, anyway. Interesting. So, is it realistic that a pit boy could include a Geiger counter along with all of the other technology that's in there? The smallest Geiger counter that I could find online when I was doing the research for this, the technology may have changed, it's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> the smallest one I could find at the time was approximately one and three quarter inches by just over three quarter inches. Oh. And I think you could totally fit that in a pit boy. And uh, we get a lot of tweets. For Fallout IRL suggestions, and we get Fallout IRL videos um, all the time sent to us on Twitter. So let's go ahead and start a hashtag for this too. Hashtag Fallout IRL. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah, so you guys can send us your suggestions and we can easily search them. But it looks like it could fit like right, right in there, although that looks like where the speaker for the radio would be. But yeah, it looks like there'd be enough room to fit it in there by by like that. I mean, I don't know why the frick I'm looking at a prop to determine whether or not it's possible to. Well, it's supposed to be you know realistically sized, so. Yeah, I mean it's a tiny little screen, and, and for those of you listening, I'm looking at my actual like Pit Boy that from my Pit Boy edition, that. Uh, yeah, still works apparently. <laughs> In the right. chat room, Zach says, Rick, I'm going to reach through the screen and take that from you. Actually, to be honest, the selector button on top broke the first day I had it. Like, all I did was push oh. it in a little bit and it fell in. <laughs> That's like, terrible. Well, you can't see it and it's still mm -hmm. pretty cool. I could never get the Pip-Boy app to work anyway, so it just it sits there nicely behind me with my R2-D2. Yeah. It's not the size of the Geiger that counts. <laughs> nice. Name dropping with an item. Yeah. Uh <laughs> now, so shall we move on to our lore or did you have something else to add? I don't I don't think I had anything to add. Um other than just it would be really funny if you bought one of these off Amazon and you turned it on for the first time and it like like the needle shoots straight up. <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> um but this I so I don't know how many people are familiar with radon. For homeowners, it's like common item in, or a common, you know, thing to hear about. But apparently, and we never really, when we first bought our house, we haven't, we had no idea what radon actually was. But apparently, radon is just a type of like radioactivity that's natural in the world. Like the entire world has small amounts of radioactive whatever around it. And um, homes, like by law, are only supposed to have like a rating of four like a radon rating of four or else you have to get like a fan installed and all this other jazz. And well, when we got our home, t our basement tested, we had a radon level of 12. <laughs> so we nice. had, a, <laughs> yeah, we had a, like so much work to get rid of it, but it was just weird to think that like, Oh, there's radiation leaking into the bottom of my house, but probably a very, very, very small amount that just builds up over time. But it's really strange to think that there are natural things in life that just give you radiation. And if you're curious to see what, sort of activities or food like bananas. Whenever you eat a banana, it gives you a small dose of radiation. Um, mm -hmm. What uh, it, it, I, the guy is uh, xkcd.com is the website. 
So it, it's a really funny comic thing, um, comic uh, a day kind of thing. But it's, he's like a mathematician. He's incredibly smart, if you're not familiar with XKCD. But um, he has a comic, and I don't remember what it's called, and this really kind of ruins the whole thing. But it's about, like, radiation. So if you, like, type in, like, XKCD banana radiation, and, like, you should be able to find the comic. It's a whole chart of, like, what doses certain things give you and how many doses are this and, you know, what the lethal dose would be if you consumed. It's just really cool. Check it out. And it has to do with radiation. I I wish I – it just came to my brain. I wish I had more – yeah, more to say about that. But that's all I have for for that little bit of lore. So let's – or, I mean, for IRL, let's get into our lore segment. Okay. This week our lore is the Children of the Atom. The Church yeah. of the Children of Adam was founded in the city of Megaton in Fallout 3's Capital Wasteland. In Fallout 3, the Church of Adam is located near Megaton's bomb crater. The children were instrumental in building the city. By 2287, the events of Fallout 4, the church's influence had spread beyond the Capital Wasteland and into the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth children of Adam seem more fanatical and are many are hostile to the sole survivor. Yeah, yeah. Those at the crater of Adam in the glowing sea are passive, however, when you go there for the quest. The children of Adam believe that the Great War was a holy event perpetuated by their god, Adam. What did did you change there? I don't know. Perpetrated. You somehow changed this word to perpetrated. It was spelled wrong. Perpetuated. That's sorry. That's what I meant. I thought you were past it. By their yeah. god, Adam. Quit messing with the notes, Rick. Rick's trolling me too. So you're kind of like you're kind of like Ron Burgundy. You just you just type whatever I want. You just say it. Sweet. Good to know. Good to know. Continue. <laughs> they believe that th- that each atomic mass contains within it an entire universe. This made me think of uh, that scene in Men in Black where <laughs> our universe is in the marble. They believe that each atomic mass contains within it an entire universe, and when an atom is split, many universes are created. Therefore, they see the Great War as an event of creation and not one of destruction. Death is viewed as a unification to Adam, and the glow is an earthly embodiment of Adam, a direct connection to Adam. Feral ghouls are called Adam's forsaken. Those who refuse to spread the word of Adam, or those who reject the gift of the glow, may be doomed to become a feral ghoul. The children of Adam are peaceful in Fallout 3, which is a strong contrast to their aggressive nature in Fallout 4. Fallout 4 children of Adam use radiation-based weapons like the Gamma Gun and the Nuka Grenade. And it may be a reference to Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which included a cult that worshipped an atomic bomb. I really wish one of them would say, I'm a bad Mamma Gamma. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's really awful. <laughs> they could like sing that song as they're fighting. Yeah, the, the children of Adam are awful awful in this game. They're just... I actually have never been attacked by a child of Adam in the game. What? And I've spent a ton of time in the glowing sea. They are super violent, except for the glowing sea. They are actually 
kind of chilled out when you go there. At least where else can you find them? Because I've never seen them outside of the glowing sea, and I've never been attacked by the children of Adam. If you go, if you if, if you're in sanctuary and you go east, um, there's a plane crash out that way. Where when I found that plane crash, they were fighting gunners. And they just like were completely hostile. Any any children of Adam, and I found them near Vault eighty one. Uh, they ripped apart some caravanners or something, and they just Ooh. turned their guns to me. Like they, every time I find them outside of the crater, they are just killing everything that comes across their path. So interesting. Yeah. I'm gonna have to to look around and see if I can find some. Yeah, and uh, in the uh, in the chat room, Mister Gerfuffelson. Uh, said the famous quote that escalated quickly, and yes, whenever you're around the children of Adam, it definitely escalates quickly, much like your rad meter escalates very fast because of those gamma guns. And I know your name is not pronounced Gerfuffelson, but you've kind of been dubbed that. I'm sorry, unless you find that annoying, then tell me. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on to our weapon of the week, which, as wonderfully as Shaleen writes these episodes, is completely specific to the children of Adam. Um. The Zeta gun is a unique weapon in Fallout 4 and can be obtained. Hmm. Do we really want to say where it can be obtained? You know, okay, so. This is very take, vague, Rick. It's let's very take a, vague. Let's take a quick pause break, real quick, and kind of stay in the rails because we've been really good this episode. But let, let's talk a little bit about spoilers. Because somebody posted on our Twitter account, and I'm perfectly fine with this, like a mem that had a spoiler in it, kind of. And somebody tweeted at us like spoilers, and I don't know if they were joking or upset that this little thing. Had... Well, you know, we, we can't wh- control what they're tweeting at us. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that we can't control what people tweet at us, and we will like it because it's just we're interacting. However, I wanted to say this about the show: we're not, we're still staying away from story spoilers uh, for the most part uh, because we just, we just know some people got it for Christmas and they want to take their time with it. That's fine. I get it. We're staying away from story. And, like, big quest spoilers. But as far as, like, like locations and, and like, where you can find the Zeta gun, like, like come on. Like, we're going to start talking about this stuff. Yeah, I didn't spoil the story for this. I was very careful not to spoil the story. Yeah. Uh, oh, meme, not mem. Right, sorry. Um, it's kind of like GIF or GIF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the chat room is, yes, meme, I understand. I forgot. Again, night. Scribe over there, there. You know, whatever. I've actually started calling it men because I think it's funny. <laughs> I should just call it GIF just to get everyone upset about that too. Although I have the creator of that backing mind, but I call it a GIF anyway. Um, I think at this point, talking about where weapons are located and locations and what they contain, I think that's like fair game at this point. Don't I mean if. We won't say it for this one just because this is when we're kind of announcing it, but we're getting to the point where we we really have to talk about this stuff, and it's getting a little frustrating, like, tiptoeing around, like, where this weapon is located. So, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, tweet at us, let us know if you're cool with just general, like, information, like, where we can just talk freely about stuff that's not story or big quest-related. Anyway, um, the Zeta gun is obtained through a certain set of quests that start when you visit Bunker Hill. Boom. Um, and that's all I'll say. And Shaleen's upset with me and annoyed. I can tell. Are you annoyed? Because a little, of- yeah. <laughs> do you just want to say it? Do you just want to? I just want to move on with the show is what I want to do. 
fine. Uh, fire me then. Um, the Zeta gun is specifically, especially modded, is especially modded gamma gun that does low damage without the radiation poisoning effect. According to Jack Cabot's notes, the gun is a mobile version of Lorenzo's restraints and can be used to fight him. <laughs> the weakness of the gun is due to the Zeta radiation. Harmless to normal people, but dangerous to Lorenzo. It's actually just a gamma gun with a Zeta dish mod. The mod can be removed and applied to another gamma gun. The weapon's name is a reference to Fallout 3's Mothership Zeta DLC and the race of aliens known as the Zetans. Is that what they're called? The Zetans, yeah. Zetans? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Now, have you used this gun, Shaleen? I have. It's it's terrible. <laughs> I have several of them, actually. Oh, yeah? Because the items in this location respawn. Oh. And I pick one up every time I go there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm sorry if I'm being overzealous about spoilers. I just I just want to start talking about stuff and let people know that we're going to start talking about stuff to an extent. So anyway, let's get on to our email. Bradley writes, uh, hi. I, I, hi, want to start by saying I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I've been listening since day one. I was wondering how you deal with the more moral issues of Fallout 4 because it's the first one that has made me second guess what I'm doing. I've always played a Brotherhood character, so I've been feeling, uh, so I have a feeling of duty. But if I follow through with my duty, I potentially murder a person who is close. If I side with them, though, I am going against my duty. Then we draw, then we draw on the fact that I'm an agent of the railroad and the general of the Minutemen. I've resolved to going for the Minutemen and my close person. I've actually converted two sets of power armor from T-60 Brotherhood to military while listening to the House of the Rising Sun because at dawn I attacked the Bridwin. Oh man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Fallout 4 definitely offers you really no sense of moral high ground as far as the resolutions are concerned. I uh, agree. Everything's much more gray. Unless you're perhaps a zealot yourself. <laughs> I might mm-hmm. say, <laughs> um, because again, if you go back and check out the spoiler casts that, uh, you know, I was a part of, or that we did, um, you'll definitely know that, you know, my ending was not so good, especially in the moral area. Yeah. And it kind of is an issue in this game when you're siding with more than one faction, when you're working with more than one faction, because they really don't like each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use Skyrim as an example. I do that a lot, I know, and hey, I'll try to avoid it. But in Skyrim, you can be the leader of the Mage College and the, uh, I forget what the Fighters Guild is called in Skyrim. And uh, the, uh, I, don't I don't know, know the <laughs> Ayla the Huntress and her people. I know. <laughs> when you're one of them, you can be the head of them. And you can be the boss of the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> and uh, Right, yeah, yeah. You can be the boss of all these things, and it doesn't matter. It just, they have nothing to do with each other. They're not connected. But if you are the general <laughs> of the companions, thanks, everybody. The chat room, let us know. <laughs> the companions. Um you can be the general of the Minutemen, and the railroad looks at that with disdain. And if you're you know, being involved in the railroad, then the uh, Brotherhood, they think you're doing bad things. And mm-hmm. it really does make you second guess your your choices. 
I was just thinking about this too. That I think it's funny that you can be a part of the railroad and they're like this underground thing, and people are like, "Does the railroad even exist?" And like, of course it does. But then somehow every single faction knows you're with them. Yeah. <laughs> like we know you're with the railroad. It's like how they've got a leak. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think they've alluded to that too that they have a leak, and I would really, mm-hmm. really like to like have that resolved somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where you could find the mole. So. You know how I had a really different ending than you? And I'm not going to spoil the ending or anything. Don't anybody worry about that. Um, But you know how I had a different ending than you? I feel like maybe I was not supposed to be able to actually end my game that way. Because a lot of characters are talking to me like, uh, like there are certain people that are dead who are not in fact dead. Huh. And like things happened that have not actually happened. It's a little weird. I feel like I I may have uh, inadvertently triggered some some bugginess. Weird. I have to. I'll have to go back and check out that spoiler cast because I can't actually remember the details of your ending. Mm -hmm. But um, it from what it sounded like, it was a clean ending. But yeah, you're right. It could cause some bugginess. And as we know, there are Mm -hmm. some people who have done stuff where uh, it it caused problems. Like for instance, actually, um. I did. I just recently did the U.S. the uh, last the last voyage of the Constitution. Constitution. Yeah, I just did that quest where the Constitution blasts off into the sunset into another building, and I thought to myself, "All right, I'm going to flip this switch, and then I'm going to use console commands to turn the clipping off and run up to the deck and get on the deck and fly with the ship." Right. So, <laughs> uh, so I did it. Flipped the switch and I TLC. Or T- TCL up to the deck and I'm standing on the deck now and the ship takes off and there's absolutely no noise because <laughs> you're not supposed to be on the deck and uh, we're flying and flying and I'm looking at the building coming towards us and then as soon as we hit the building I die but on the way up there my character was bouncing up and down like like, like acting really strange because the game did not know what to do with my character on that ship because <laughs> it's like you're not supposed to be here get off you know the game That's overlords, so yeah, the uh, the systems in the town of Reboot were trying to actively fight against my sprite, and they were not happy with what I was doing. Uh, eventually, they won though because I died when the building or when the uh, ship hit the building. But I, and you know, I know a few of our listeners have written uh, in saying that they've like accidentally broke things, or the one guy who played the whole game without killing anyone that kind of broke the game. Uh, mm-hmm. A little bit for them. So yeah, the, the, this game seems to have those kind of bugs in it, where the other ones I don't really think did. You know what I mean? Because I don't remember yeah. playing New Vegas in such a way where it broke the game, even though I like to play it outside of the rules a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? So Interesting. Yeah. Just weird. But this game is a lot more orchestrated than those other ones. It is. It really is. So, yeah. But uh, do you want to read the second email then? I do. Sweet. This one's from Brad. Hi, Rick and Shalene. I was hoping to spark a conversation about something I haven't heard discuss- discussed in my Fallout circles, but considered to be one of Bethesda's biggest triumphs with Fallout 4. Caps. In Fallout's 3 and New Vegas, I hoarded caps by the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> I knew it was pointless, but that's just what you did. You'd go out on a run, find some awesome things, and sell them for caps you knew you'd never use. Same for Skyrim. Fast forward to Fallout 4, and suddenly I never have anything to sell. (laughs) Good weapons and armor get divided up amongst my settlers, and everything else gets broken down into parts. And that's great, because I don't really need to buy anything. 
I find everything I need, just like a survival scavenging game should be. Big thanks for putting so much work into the show. It really shows. Brad. Yeah, I I really think that they fixed the economy system in this game um, as compared to Skyrim and 3 and stuff because there's mm-hmm. a level that you hit in those games, and I don't mean like an actual level level, but like there's a point in time in that game that you hit, and all of a sudden caps are, are irrelevant. You become like the Donald Trump sans ridiculousness um, of the mm-hmm. wasteland where you don't need any money. You can invest in all the shops. You're a business person. You just... Throw caps down on the table like you just don't care and walk out with like 50 mini nukes and like five fat mans for who knows why. Um, but, you know, I think they – I don't know where their reasoning was with the new economy system, but it definitely is fixed. I mean because he's right. He hit all the right points. It, you know, the shops, you can buy shipments of materials that are rare, but they're expensive. Mm-hmm. There don't seem to be as many caps in the game um, that I've noticed. Then again – I haven't gotten the uh, perk that lets you find more caps in the wasteland. Yeah. But he's right. There's nothing to sell because you scrap everything and you do divvy out the weapons and it just kind of takes away why you had a ton of caps in Mm. the other ones. I sure found that in the early game, before I really had everything that I needed in terms of health items and armor and stuff and weapons, ammo, before I had all that, I was really short of caps all the time because there was nothing to sell. I remember before, you know, I I would always pick up anything, you know, with a certain weight to value ratio, like cigarettes were very light for the (laughs) amount of money that they were worth. But now I don't sell them because they've got asbestos (laughs) and I need that for stuff. Drugs, huh? Yeah. And maybe. And I plead the fifth but regardless <laughs> okay, of what sure, i need the asbestos for rick <laughs> i need it and i can't sell the cigarettes <laughs> and yeah it's it's definitely a new <laughs> series you somebody in the chat room shaleen said shaleen was broke until she created her drug empire you kind of are the scarface of the uh of the wasteland oh that'd be a good role play put a so scar on your face put on a suit Walk around with that submachine gun. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. But yeah, what what else were you saying, Shaleen? I'm sorry. That's it. Okay. (laughs) So I was thinking about this, and this this goes back to like the role playing conversation we had earlier in the game, and I I wanted to point on it before this. Um, I I I'm I'm a fan of Bollywood music, like the this band called the Bombay Royale is just super fun, surfy kind of thing. And also, every once in a while, I'll find a gif of like some Bollywood like movie, and they're absolutely <laughs> insane and wonderful, and the action is just awesome. And I was mm-hmm. thinking it would be really fun to like role play a Bollywood character. <laughs> like, yeah, it would. Just like use the deliverer only, and like just find the aviator sunglasses and give him like a big mustache, like like how they look in the Bollywood movies, and just make him this like total beast of a character <laughs> and just. Uh, that would be pretty superb. It would be so fun, but you'd have to use the console out the wazoo. So maybe I'll do that. Uh, maybe I'll do that. So yeah. Uh, any closing remarks, Shaleen, that you want to? Um, not really. Um, I wanted to shout, send a shout out though to one of our listeners, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been sending us chapters of a fanfic that he's writing, a Fallout fanfic every week, and it's really cool that he wants to share that with us. So I just wanted to give him a shout out and say thanks for. Uh, 
sharing your work with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely enjoyed reading them week to week. It's kind of a cool thing to look forward to. <laughs> so yeah, and we'd also and, like go, uh, go ahead. okay. We'd also go like ahead. to thank everyone for the um, the outpouring of of all the nice messages that Shaleen has gotten on the Xbox Live and PS Network and and Twitter, and I've gotten on Steam. I don't know if she's gotten as many Steam followers as I have. Do, did anyone? Check you out on theme Steam? Yeah, yeah. I've got a bunch awesome. of new Steam friends. I had exactly one Steam friend before, <laughs> and it was you. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I've gotten, like, a bunch of uh, Steam friend requests and that sort of thing. So that's 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 awesome. We thank you for that. Um, and uh, you can find me on Steam. Um, my uh, Steam name is Foxdie. And, it's Shaleen, do you want to do you want to tweet, uh, shout out it again or what yours are? Or? Yeah, I'm Kid Shaleen on everything. I think there's a space on Xbox, and I think there's not a space on the other two platforms. K-I-D-S-H-A-L-I-N-E. Awesome. And you can also tweet at the show, at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can also tweet at me, at Rick McVick, and Shaleen, at Shaleen L. You can email us with your stories or missives or questions, comments, or suggestions at falloutotr at gmail.com. And you can like and subscribe to uh, our YouTube video and the channel, the Quest Gaming Network channel. That really helps us out. We love to see new subscribers and we love to see new viewers. Uh, you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, leave us a review. We appreciate it. We have some five-star review shout-outs uh, tonight. Uh, Moss underscore Isley. Uh, these are um, five stars on Twitter, by the way, um, on iTunes. Uh, Moss underscore Isley. McCorsini. M. Corsini, I would say. Fine. M. Corsini. Scribe. Shuleen. Proark. Oh, I got it right. I was going to say Proark. Wow. TPH. DFW Insomniac. Adam8580. Danny092699, uh, which I think he might be an Android. Um, so, yeah, as a reminder... If you guys are living outside the U.S. and aren't getting shout-out for your five-star reviews, let us know with the email or tweet so we can uh, give you guys a shout-out and let us know. Uh, we mostly check Canada and U.K., Ireland and Australia. Those seem to be where we have a listener base. So uh, just, yeah, if you're in, like, I don't know, some other place that we aren't checking, let us know. We record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash Network slash live. And you can check out the other shows streaming on on YouTube, um, other QGN shows, such as Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, Warcraft Off the Record, and Dancing with Daggers, which comes on later this evening. But that comes on Twitch, I believe. Still? I think so, yes. Okay. Still I know, Twitch. I know he's been contemplating... Uh, Rage philosophy from ESOTR mm-hmm. has been. T- they like Twitch, I believe, because they're a little bit more loose about the ability to play music. Oh, okay. And, and he go. likes to play music on the stream. Gotcha. So yeah, we want to thank you guys for listening. And uh, what's uh, Shaleen's last word for tonight? Crawl out through the <laughs> fallout. <laughs>